pain You'll continue to spawn the way to save your game You won't only know in your special place I think it's time for Good game, well pod Good game, what you playing now? Good game, well pod Good game, what you playing now? All right, well, uh, Chris, a thing you brought up that I thought was interesting was you brought up um, indie games and how overall you're not a fan of indie games. Can you elaborate on that a little more? Yeah, well, indie games is just like not the whole structure of a uh, basically a 2D simple screen where you could do different types of just It feels like indie games are just like one objective to me. Just get through the level, beat it, and that's it. There, there's, it really doesn't feel like it's transversal into like uh, other objectives into indie games. But I do enjoy them, some of them, even though they can be quick and simple and easy to play. Like, uh, for instance, uh, I have one indie game. It is called, what is that thing called? Oh, yeah, One Finger Death Punch. So, yeah, that's a pretty fun indie game that I was playing. But when it came down to Helltakers, I, I, I just wasn't really feeling it. Even though it had some great puzzle atmospheres, and you can actually trap yourself with the blocks, trying to get like trying to figure out the, the map. It's just like when I play One Finger Death Punch, it felt like there was more levels, there was more to the game. It, I think there was like 100 missions in that game. But like Helltakers, it was just simple and short. I really didn't get that much out of it. Uh, okay. Yeah, I I agree. I think sometimes indie games can be a little bit like meat and potatoes, especially like mechanically. Um, I do I do think some of them definitely like use that to their advantage. I think that's kind of a weird thing. Like an indie game can kind of get away with is kind of turning one of those like shortcomings into a strength. I don't know if um. Michael and Alex have anything to say? I'm thinking of like the more like the narrative driven, like very simple gameplay type games. Like I wouldn't say like we talked about Moods of Madness earlier. Moods of Madness isn't, I don't know if we'd qualify that as an indie. I don't know how you guys feel about the nomenclature on that one. That was more of a, well, I don't know. I guess it was that indie. One. Yeah. It's like still like a small budget just because it's not 2D. It's still like a kind of a small team and it's not like it's like, not like a triple A title. It gets like commercials that play during the NBA playoffs or anything like that, you know? But it was still a first-person simulation yeah. of puzzle solving. It's so you indie. mean like you mean straight like two D like eight bit retro indie specifically? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it felt like Helltakers was something like that, yeah. <laughs> just two bit uh, retro indie. But so was like Super Meat Boy and Castle. Yeah, I love Super Meat Boy. Yeah. I think I think it's I think it really just depends on the on the game itself. I think um like the Yume Niki Dream Diary games are pretty fun. I don't know if you guys have played any of those. Mm-mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they do a lot. They're they're technically they're like they're like lo-fi indie. They don't like do a lot of like high production stuff. But I feel like you can you can get a lot out of it. Um, another game I really love. It's indie. It's definitely not like a straight two D. I eh, it's two D, but it's not like top down two D like isometrical can. Uh, it's um Cat Lady. I don't know if you guys ever played the Cat Lady. Like, those games do, like, a shitload of, like, heavy narrative stuff, but it, like, so the writing's, like... So, are you quality. talking more like, uh, like, more like a, uh, 
dating simulation or like talking oh, no, simulation. No, 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 those <laughs> games are not dating simulation. I just mean it, games that like, like because in a way, I guess they're kind of indie, but not really. I mean, a lot of dating sims are, um, but I just mean like straight up like narratively. I think narratives kind of the place where you can make up a lot of the ground, like with a AAA title. And especially like meta narrative where you're like fucking with the player. Like I think that's it kind of gets back to this like really old root like um text adventure video game thing. Oh, okay. I kinda see what you're talking about, yeah. the cat lady. Yeah, and it, like um with especially like with uh like we talked about Bioshock last two weeks ago on the pod, like it's like um a game that gets so much out of the meta narrative like when a game has limitations and it kind of makes you work around them i feel like really really like the cream of the crop great game developers can kind of get you to like think about it a little bit and kind of turn that to their advantage <laughs> yeah I, I i don't know do you guys uh i i kind of feel like me and chris set our piece on 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 like indies how do you feel michael and alex i know alex you discussed um your options michael how do you feel about indies overall uh, I, I think the indie resurgence fucking rules. I just want to put that. I, I it's good. It I'm, I'm glad they're being made. And um, yeah, I mean, it's always a hit and miss. You know, I mean, it doesn't take like a hundred people to make a video game. There are people that have been working on. I mean, uh, you guys remember playing like Earth Special Forces? Yeah, it was kind of like a mod, right? The Half Life mod? mod. Yeah. Yeah, it was like oh, a Half Life Source mod. That game was amazing. Yeah. I remember playing that for hours upon hours i mean i i agree with like what you said about how triple a's probably hit more of a narrative on things and they tend to have a lot better graphics too i was saying that's... the opposite i'm saying i think indies is that's where oh. they make up the oh ground. you think oh. i think indies can be just as well written um and i think that's like part of like the develop like the person who makes it's like thing because that's where you can like make up all the ground i think like you because you can you can do just as compelling of a story the only thing you don't have is like the like graphical fidelity and like the actual like gameplay loop, but you can make it all up. I think narratives like that one like level playing field where they can like totally fucking lap them and catch up. And I kind of do agree with you about that too, because I have heard of some great narrative played indie games, just uh, really haven't got the chance to play them yet. Yeah, that's I think that's kind of the main the main thing. Um, I think, the, always be a pack. I think the one game I think I tried to play that was an indie game that was narrative was uh what was it price or prince or whatever it's called yeah, I think I tried that out for a while just yeah, I don't know. didn't I have the time for it yeah uh, so Michael you were saying um as far as narrative goes well then... I just I feel like definitely triple A games I feel like they speak a lot more um to people maybe it's just because they're more well known um you mean like actually a lot more mechanics usually too in triple a games like you don't really see too many open world indie games not too many i don't know is no man's sky no i think think, i think like there are procedurally generated like or at least like roguelikes are kind of like indie so you can get like a lot of like replay value and stuff but i don't think you ever get to like pull isn't that ancestors game technically an indie game that monkey game I don't know. It's it's getting more and more nebulous by the day. Like I said, I think the Macklemore analogy is pretty accurate. I feel like a quote unquote indie. It's yeah. getting a little more like nebulous. Yeah, it's hard to even. Yeah. Well, if you're not, like, which game in my playlist is indie? Thing, then yeah, but it's kind of fascinating because by current standards, like a lot of games that we look back on as like quote unquote AAA at the time probably would have been like, oh, that small of a team that would have been an indie team. 
Like, is is Subnautica indie? Uh, uh, I mean, I think that's kind of the thing. Like, I I, I wish Kevin was here because he's like the uh, he's the person who's actually <laughs> actually in in the industry. He might be able to speak pieces, to it a little more. Yeah. Like, what qualifies a quote unquote indie versus what qualifies like an actual like? Yeah, it's an indie game. It's listed as indie. Yeah, Subnautica is listed as an indie. I think Subnautica feels like I I don't want to say it feels AAA, but it feels like it's a I don't, it feels like it's a big release. I don't, I don't know. It, it does uh, feel pretty big. Yeah. So I was confused. I'm like, it, is this game? Because. And that, I think that's kind of the fascinating I, thing about, about games now. We're in this like kind of refractory period where like um, we had this period where you had to have a giant team to make a game that was worth it. We had, so, we had the period, like we had Mortal Kombat made with like a team of 20 people, like in 1992, where they like cut every corner they possibly could to make a game that's now regarded as like a high watermark in like in the period and then we kind of we kind of accelerated from there into like a yeah you have to have a giant studio to make like a a good game and now we're back in this period where like you almost can't tell sometimes when a game's really really well crafted if it's a quote-unquote indie Uh, but there also is the genre of games that are like trying to be indie trying to be retro and I think that's more what we're talking about with this game Hmm. like it's it's definitely like going off the retro aesthetic I don't know how you guys feel about like what the game's trying yeah. to do again shit that would be useful to have kevin here <laughs> he's like the he's the person who actually be like oh his art style is like this um, but uh yeah i don't know um alex what's your overall feel on, on, oh sorry michael i was gonna say he had to he had to kind of play it with this type of graphics i feel like it adds to its wholesomeness yeah. especially yeah. when you're referring to like a harem of demon girls yeah like if that's like you know Bioshock quality girls, you're like, uh, um, all right, this is a uh, okay. It's uncomfortable. Um, yeah, I shouldn't be playing this in front of the kids. Dead or Alive, fi- Dead or Alive Six is not a game I can play in front of the kids. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Ooh, Santa's feeling a little bug. <laughs> Cover your eyes, kids. This is one of Daddy's games. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's that's kind of uh, I I do like the like hyper stylization of indies. I don't know. I feel like we don't get. I think that's that's the charm. And again, Kevin could speak to this a thousand times more as like a person who actually like does art. <laughs> but um, like I love that it's like generally like a singular or really like isolated vision. It's like what a few people want to be the art is the art of the game, which you kind of get sometimes with some games. I'm horribly like I, the game that comes to mind is like i'm thinking of like the Mistwalker studios like blue dragon i don't know like that was an akira toriyama game and you could tell it's made by akira toriyama it's like drawn all the characters are like just facsimiles of akira toriyama characters but like well, you don't get that what's that yeah, yeah dragon quest is, yeah. is a better is a, is a more is a more it's the better example of the two thank you um but yeah like um yeah, it's just like I love the indie games are such like they're passion projects. They're almost vanity projects in how like singular the vision is. And I don't I feel like you don't get that a lot in video games. I don't know how you guys feel like a triple A game. You almost never get like a singular artist or like a few artists, quote unquote, vision. And that is like, to me, the endearing thing about a lot of indies. You get like someone's pouring their heart into it and you're getting like that. You're not getting van ripper working as an animator on the next 
Devil May Cry game as one of 50 animators. You're getting Van Ripper's interpretation of the world. Hmm. Well, that kind of fucking rules. I don't know. I, I like that. Actually, I guess I have a lot of indie games because apparently I, uh, you have it too, Michael. Uh, remember uh, Pulsart Lost Colonies? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's listed as an indie game too. And yeah, it was pretty fun how that indie game worked because uh, you have a starship and basically it takes people to run the starship and go in the universe and explore planets. I guess it's something like a Star Trek thing in an indie way. Like, I guess that goes to uh, what Ian was trying to say. They're pouring their hearts out into the game. It's spec'd a little differently than, like you said, most games that, like, makes a franchise out of things. I guess indie games are pretty well done in yeah, a way. They're, they're, like, they're, they're like the college films of, of video games. And and there's always going to be something that's, like, kind of charming about that. Like, about someone's, like, actual, like, passion being, like, just laid bare uh, alex and michael i don't know if you guys have anything about that oh, it's definitely nice when it's like like you were saying a singular vision because i think on a lot of these bigger titles you kind of get where you see these conflicting ideas whether it be in gameplay or how it relates to story and with when you get those singular vision games you're not worried more about those kind of things you're just kind of on the railroad right yeah and I don't know, maybe I'm being a nostalgic old fucking boomer about this, but I feel like that's the way games used to be. They used to be yeah. like the, a vision of a group of people just just bared. And that's how you get like, that's how you get the franchises of old. You get that from like a few people's vision. I don't know. And then, then they realize that vision makes fucking money. Yeah. And then like we end get, up with... Yeah, you get someone's like soul... And you get, like, a fucking thing you can run with and you can adapt and other people, like, it endears to other people and then they, it grows and transcends. You don't get fucking Knack and Knack 2. Like, you get, like, Something real shit. about Knack, bro? I would never talk <laughs> oh, smack shit. about Knack. I'm just saying. It's it's two different lanes. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. And I'm, I'm a carpool lane guy, baby. <laughs> oh, so you're crossing the double yellow. The double double yellow. I'm a big fast pass lane boy. Uh, but I thought you can cross the double yellow if you're in a certain type of vehicle. Yeah, yeah I believe tanks. those have lights on top. Yeah, they're called tanks and police cars. Mm, no, you can do it with bikes. Pretty no. You well, can. Save a clip yeah. of that. Hmm. There's a lot of things you can do, Chris. Well, you're allowed to do them. In I remember, like, cops didn't give two craps when I was, like, lane splitting in the carpool lane. And riding what lane splitting? Speaking not- of lanes, our bikes are not in the video game podcast lane. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we can merge back into the video game podcast lane <laughs> and save that for the after hour. I mean, I love to brag about the way I drive recklessly, too. I save it for outside of the video game podcast. Let's just say indie games just, they go between the lines. Because you never know what an indie game can make. I mean, it's a nice try to save. I will give you that. No, no. I'm glad glad we're back on top. Subtract points from this house. 30 points from Chris for speaking about riding his bike and not referencing the film Tron or video games based off the film Tron. (laughs) <laughs> or the Fagio from San Andreas. <laughs> that is a nice machine right there. <laughs> yeah, you would, boy. Um, you shit one of those. 
Uh, so I think in closing, I think we'll just do uh, like what we've been playing. Uh, have you guys been playing any like good games recently? What have you guys been playing? We'll go alphabetically. Alex, I have been playing Battlefield One and also Metro Exodus, the exciting conclusion to the Metro series, produced by Deep Silver Games and currently on sale. I am reading from a script without a gun to my head. Very clear that I distinct that. Hmm. How, how do you feel? Are, have those been fun games to play? Yeah, Battlefield 1's still a good game. I mean, Battlefield 1, you, you shoot guns, you go pew pew, people people talk. That's that's about that. But Metro's been pretty good. Uh, first two were great. The third one is pretty They're good so far. extremely great games. What are you talking about? Oh, oh, I had to put the extremely there. That's my <laughs> mistake. <laughs> Yeah, but Don't you dare say they're just good, you piece of shit. <laughs> but now you have your wife and the train, and now you must save the world. Or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. I need to upgrade my computer to play Metro Exodus. It's a little it looks nice fun. as shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it takes a house to run it, though. That one keeps popping up on those RTX videos. They're like, get the 3080 and Metro Exodus is going to look like the best game in the world. And it does. Their game it looks great. Good. It's like that Atomic Hearts game. Anything on that? Which game? Atomic Hearts. No? Nobody? I got it. Bioshock knockoff Go look up about it. The only Bioshock knockoff game that I've played is um We Happy Few. What? That was uh not out the Atomic Hearts, but it's been in development for a while. It looks good. You played that Revenant from the Ashes game, it's kinda like that. Yeah, I like cool. it. I really like it. Wait, do you have it out? Looks good, it looks not pretty. Out. Huh? It's not out. Its planned release is what? to be Re- announced. Wait, Remnant from the Ashes? Remnant from the Ashes. Yeah, that's a good name. Yeah, Pin- okay. pinball. Oh Marvel Pinball. Oh. Well, Chris well, what are you playing now? Uh, I am playing Space Hulk Deathwing with either with Gage for the past few days for the Emperor. It's like Warhammer. It's, it's a Warhammer game, but kind of like a kind of like Vermintide, but instead of the um uh you know fantasy side of things, it's more just about it's, space marines. Uh, it's the Dawn of War. Shit up, killing aliens. It's, yeah. It's fun if you like the Vermintide Horde survival, like teamwork multiplayer type of game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. What if, uh, what else have you been playing, Chris? Uh, either it's been. It's been. EDF, EDF 5, and Bioshock 2 Remastered. So, yeah, kind of nice. got me back into that stuff. Yeah, and yes, Seven it's Days to Die. Yeah, that's. I guess that's a pretty fun. It's a, it's addictive. <laughs> Can be addictive. Can be. Very. Yes. Mm. Yeah. That's what about, about what about you, Ian? Uh, uh, I was gonna do Michael first. Oh, so we're going alphabetical order. Okay. We're we going alphabetical. Um, okay, fine. Uh, let's see. I played a little bit of this game called Spellbreak. It's free to play off of like Epic Games. It's like a battle royale, but you um. You're like a, a wizard. So um, it's pretty fun because you do like spell combos, pick up these certain, you equip a certain gauntlet. That's the type of spells you use. They've got like fire, poison. I don't know. It's uh, 
it's pretty satisfying to win and it's not a lot of pressure not very frustrating i don't know i usually get frustrated in battle royales because i'm like well shoot that guy killed me but i guess it's because i've been winning a lot so that one's pretty fun besides that uh pretty much what chris mentioned is the other games i've been playing lately (laughs) uh yeah yeah besides the games that we play on this podcast i played a game called generation zero recently also just kind of cool it's a survival game that you craft things but you're going against like these machines i came to earth that looks that was great. also a good game too i thought it was max but it looked kind of fun just didn't really is it still uh open access or um early access type of thing yeah yeah i don't know uh, steam doesn't mention it as early access so i guess they finished the game then yeah because yeah, yeah those, those. i would have got that game it's just when it's like early access i'm just like yeah wait yeah it came with the humble bundle so <laughs> that's why but uh yeah what about what about you ian what games you've been playing tony hawk <laughs> pro skater tony. one and two remake baby it looks great it fucking rules dude it's so cool it's uh it's it looks great the engine works infinitely better than the like tony hawk's remastered one that, or like i forget what it was even called like tony hawk's pro skater hd or whatever they tried doing this like 10 years ago and it fucking sucked and this is just infinitely better um the engine works incredibly um they added every feature manuals like all the mechanics they didn't try to like bootstrap it to the old mechanics to make it feel retro they literally just gave you all the tools lets you jam out the only thing that's missing is like the un- the post like tony hawk's underground type shit where you can like run off the board um which would break this game by the way but it does give me hope that maybe someday we'll do a remaster of fucking tony hawk's underground which oh a remake <laughs> or remaster of that game i would um hank hill gladly hank hill drop i'm about to bust but yeah no uh, <laughs> i i fucking love i love it it's so good um i to be fair i have like 100 percent in like 10 hours uh so that said it is only like forty dollars as a as a new release title it's not like a sixty dollar game so that's good but um yeah I, uh yeah uh i don't know um yeah it it, it rules a lot of the games have been coming out being forty dollars these days yeah, yeah i think i feel like the varying price point is a is a great marketing strategy yeah it's it's uh <laughs> it definitely makes you more hesitant to buy a sixty dollar game you know, one of the fun things is that's how I actually got into EDF because I think EDF 2017 for the Xbox 360 came out and it was like a 20 or $30 game. I can't really remember, but like at release, it was that price. Wow. And I think that was part of the reason why I got it because I was like a, a kid. So any like game that you could ask to be bought for you that was less money was all, like it was a giant leg up. So that uh, yeah. that worked out in my favor. <laughs> yeah, because that's like three video games, basically. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. At, at that price that yeah so tony hawk you beat that 10 hours any any other little, little games you've been playing since tony no no uh krista and i my fiance are now playing through um twilight princess legend of zelda twilight princess um we beat kingdom hearts nice. 2 it should have ended there what about kingdom hearts 2 it should have ended after kingdom hearts 2 no because you needed a conclusion to the story the story was concluded at the end of King Cards 2. Mm, no. In no way, shape, was it? Yes. Oh. Factually uh, fired. Again, playing through, I, I felt like I, I might have agreed with you, Alex, but as, as someone who just played through Kingdom Hearts 2 again, the ending of King Parts 2 in a vacuum where none of the nonsense that happens after Kingdom Parts 2 happens is is 
quite beautiful and it should have ended at kingdom hearts 2 yeah but disney likes money so we get three <laughs> we get 2.5 we get 2.8 we get birth by sleep and then we get three i believe is what you meant to say i'm not gonna sit here and try to put a timeline on that because other people have done that <laughs> But yeah, no, we're, we're playing Twilight Princess. It's pretty fun. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Twilight Princess is a, a pretty overall underrated Zelda game. I don't know. I yeah, I, I I've never played it, but I've always it. It seems like one of the most appealing. Just it, off if of you like aesthetics. Ocarina of Time, like if you like like the non fully open like Breath of the Wild being a like, complete sandbox. If you like like the more like organized linear ones with some open stuff. I think Twilight Princess is like the high point of that type of Zelda. It's like Ocarina of Time's rightful successor. And then it kind of like drops off a touch with Skyward Sword because it was trying to be a little too motion controlly and got kind of distracted from being like a good Zelda game. And then uh. the whole series restructure and you get Breath of the Wild, which is incredible of its own right. But if you're definitely like a 3D Zelda fan, I think I think Twilight Princess is like the perfect like follow through of the ocarina majora wind waker lineage i think i think it's just like it's so so, so never good played wind waker either um yeah they're all they're all just like if, slightly better versions of ocarina of time ocarina of time is the best game of all time i will say that but um like because you always have to consider like when a game came out and all those other games are just standing on the shoulders of geniuses so um or standing on the shoulders of a giant so they don't count but yeah wind waker is just it's just slightly more refined ocarina time that's like your opinion man i mean it's true but um and then and then twilight princess <laughs> is just slightly more refined wind waker and then again they they made the scope of the hourglass or the uh the magnifying glass just a little too tight for skyward sword um and then they were like fuck this and they blew it all up and when and yeah. uh, breath of the wild was fucking great probably my second favorite I zelda of all time honestly I have no idea what Skyward Sword is even about. <laughs> it's it's the, the it's the ultimate Zelda prequel. It. It's the first one in the timeline. It's it's about the formation of the Master Sword and all oh, that. Okay. It's about the initial incarnations of Zelda, Link, and Ganon. Well, I heard some rumors that they might release it for the Switch. Yeah, yeah. I, I that's the am... rumor. That's the hope is that like an actual like non like in contingent on like complete motion control thing would be the <laughs> yeah. release because that was the biggest problem. Was that it was a it was the Wii Motion Plus tie-in release, so it was entirely tied to like Hold they said at the time were like these advanced motion controls. But as a game, it kind of works. But I don't know. I feel like the motion control gimmick it was like late Wii cycle, so it was starting to fall off. So it'd be really cool to get a release of it that wasn't tied to the to motion controls. Oh yeah, no, I think they could release all of the the Legend of Zelda games, re-release a, them on the Switch. A, it's just a boy could money. hope. A boy could hope. The the Mario. 3d all-stars thing just got announced the uh, zelda <laughs> yeah. 35th anniversary is coming up next year i mean I, i'm my fingers are crossed because yeah the my, my Wii just blew up so my actual virtual console releases are, are kaput i have the uh -huh. wii u virtual console which like has like a legit whole second of input lag and sucks entire dog you do get that that switch one if you have switch online but it's very yeah, limited link to the past yeah to um yeah just the games that are on it's very they just recently came out with donkey kong country 
So that's yeah, I, I like I, I I have linked to the past on like everything though. I have the SNES Mini. Link to the past is 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 replicatable. It's the post N sixty four and on ones that are like I I need something. I need an HD version of a lot of those. I do have Wind Waker HD and um Twilight Princess HD, but they're both tied to the never going to be set up in the house actively without being a nuisance yeah. Wii U console that I hate. Um, so yeah. it'd be cool to get them on the Switch, which is just the the cool part of the Wii U and not the whole box. Well, maybe they're waiting. Maybe they want to wait till they release the new so. Switch. That'd be so cool. That make make so your happy. games 4K ready. We're releasing 4K Twilight Princess. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's the I think that's the episode. Everyone's cool. Yeah, I think, I think that that's a good good place to end it. Yeah. So season season one of uh, Good Game Well Pod. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure, gents. I hope you've all had as much fun as I have. Uh, I look forward to season two where we will try uh, infinitely harder. Stay tuned to see who gets replaced. We'll get there. <laughs> Alex will be played by Steven Seagal. Thank God, dude. I, p- I picked Helltaker because I decided it was a better game. I like I listen to music online, brother. I really like the music from Helltaker. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that, brother. <laughs> All right. Uh, congratulations on finishing a season, boys. Peace Ooh. out. Uh, peace up, A Town Down. Yes, it was. We survived. That's all that matters. We survived. Tyson, you're off the air.